Well, it's been a while, so let's see if I rem remember how this goes. Greetings, friends of the apocalypse. This is Podcast Act Round Zero, your home for the apocalypse. Episode 72, Cargo. I am the apocalypse nerd, and he is Adam Bomb Glancy. We're back, folks. It's I did the math, and we haven't done a show in six months, but uh, there's just been too much going on, and it happens. You know, like like we say, this isn't our day job. So, um, thank you for well, your patience. And if you're not if you're not patient with it, well, you, you know our answer to all that. Yeah, yeah. When you, we will give you a refund for all <laughs> the money uh, that you've sent us, if if we haven't been you know, scrupulous about our, our showing up and doing these shows. Yes. <laughs> I, think, I think that's fair, right? Yeah. Re re refund? Oh, they've been sending us money? Uh, uh, no, 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 Jared. There's, there's no money. Have you? Ha by the way, have you seen my new Gamma World miniatures I bought? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> they've been said they've been paying you in Gamma World miniatures? Oh, God, I wish. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's an option. Sadly, no. Anyways, moving right along. So, uh, so we've been relapsing, folks, but uh, hey, you know what? That's life, uh, but we're still doing them. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about uh, the 2017 released in Netflix in 2018 Australian film Cargo, but we're going to talk about a couple other things first. We're not going to, we're going to try to avoid our normal deep diatribes um, uh, like we normally do. We're going to try. We're, we, there's no, no guarantees, <laughs> but uh but one of the most important things that we have to mention, because it just happened today, is uh, you better say it because you're better. Okay. Well, it is here October 1st, uh, 2018, and we just lost one of the guys who helped make our apocalypse for us. Uh, Carlos Isquera, who was one of the co-creators of the Judge Dredd comic book from uh, the English magazine 2000 AD, has passed away. Uh, at the age of 70, of lung cancer. Um, and and yeah. he was also the co-creator for Stronium Dog, Johnny Alpha. That's correct. Also on Stronium Dog. Now, granted, he was not uh, one of the guys who was the, the, one of the main writers or illustrators uh, behind The Cursed Earth, which was, of course, the big Judge Dredd dip into sort of major uh, post-apocalypsing. But we wouldn't have the judge if it wasn't for Carlos. And uh, so he will always be missed. Oh, uh, when I was, again, growing up, 80s, I, like, I used to get them. I used to get the progs, the paper progs from my local comic store. They used to get them over from England. Mm -hmm. 2080 was, uh, because 2080 was, it had mix. You know, it had, it had like the Stronium Dog. It had Judge Dredd, Slain, uh, uh, Robo Hunter, um, uh, Rogue Trooper, uh, stainless steel, all kinds of stuff in it. Um, Hell, it had Doctor Who stories. Uh, did it have Doctor Who stories in it? Yeah, I don't remember, I don't a, remember reading those. There was one uh, called the Iron Legion, which was uh, which stuck in my head as, as as a Tom Baker Doctor Who story. But yeah, yeah, they had all kinds of good juicy British British stuff. And the thing is, 2080 was a heavy influence for me. Uh, for my apocalypse, especially Judge Dredd, the Cursed Earth, the Apocalypse War, you know, because the whole thing was a post-apocalyptic slash dystopian future, but they've gotten to the apocalypse stuff a lot, Stronium Dog, so it was a heavy influence uh, for me, at least uh, growing up, 
with, you know, for, you know, what helped drive my uh, apocalypses. Yeah. I, I, I don't think because there's been a couple of uh, Judge Dredd movies, um, one was Stallone that wasn't so good. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it had the look of the comic book, but, you know, as soon as the helmet came off, I went, that is not Judge Dredd because his helmet never, ever comes off. Mm -mm. Uh, but then the other one with Carl uh, Urban. Oh, with Carl Urban. Uh, although it was grittier and less cartoony, it certainly delivered the dystopia and the nasty. I was very impressed with that. Yeah, it was kind of like more like the. If you had to set it, it seemed like it was more like the early days of the mega cities before they really became mega cities. Yes. Yeah. Now there's still a wall out there. You can see the edge of the wall and the the, the sprawl, but um, it wasn't quite as uh, the blocks weren't as blocky as they eventually become in the, as, as they were in the comic book. Um, like I said, the Judge Dredd movie with Stallone or uh, really kind of I, I thought a lot of ways they had the aesthetic of the comic book, but the um, the Carl Urban film had the had the heart. Uh, big difference. But we haven't had any treatments of of. Strontium dog. Do you uh, do you remember what the uh, plot of Strontium dog was? Well, there, 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 there was a treatment. There were there was a fan, an independent film. Um, I, th I thought I posted that. I'll have to, I'll have to dig that post it. There was an independent film uh, that people did uh, for Strontium dog. <laughs> um, it was actually they did a really good job. You know, just total amateur thing with they had Wolf and Strontium. You know, it was like one of the. Uh, it was just it wasn't super long it was a short little short film but they did a really awesome job in it um, i want to say that that there was a there was a short fan main film uh for Ju uh, dread it was it was it was judge smitty or something yeah minty i minty. think judge minty on the long walk which was also i think it was the same i think it was the same guys for some reason i wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be surprised but, but yeah, Judge Minty, uh, that that would that's out there on YouTube. Is the other one? Is the Strontium Dog out there on YouTube? It's out there somewhere. I'll, I'll, I thought I posted about. I'll look. I'll look it up and uh, I'll, I'll, I gotta get back to post and stuff. But I watched it. It was, it was pretty good. Uh, okay. So, uh, so yeah. So we lost Carlos. Uh, big influence on you know at least for at least for us for the apocalypse. So uh, that's a sad day. Oh, also today is also for our gamer friends is the Dave Arneson Day. Because uh, today is Dave Arneson's birthday. For you that don't don't use for use for you that do not know, Dave Arneson was one of the co create. It was a co creator of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, Blackmore was his main setting, and um, you could look up the history of you know him and Gary and him leaving yeah. TSR and blah blah blah. I've actually I've actually met uh, Dave on a few occasions uh, back in the mid to early two thousands because a friend of mine. Uh, was good friends with him, and when he was when they were producing Blackmore stuff again uh, in a, under a different system, um, my friend was promoting it at uh, MegaCon in Orlando because that's where Dave lived. Because uh, Dave, in the end of his life, worked uh, for Full Sail, which is like a graphics uh, school for like gaming and computers and stuff like that. And my friend worked there. So Dave went into that later in life. So I've met, I met Dave a few times, had some conversations, but you know, some not deep conversations, but had some conversation. He was always a nice guy, you know? So I never really heard any, nothing that I remembered any good stories, but, uh, but today was Dave Arnerton's day. Cause today's his birthday. He would have been 71, I think. So, mm -hmm. 
Oh, speaking of birthdays, uh, September 30th, yesterday, uh, was the 20th birthday of Fallout 2's release. Oh, okay. Which was a little bit shocking because I can, I mean, I got Fallout 2 very late um, compared to other people. I must have picked it up in the, after 2001, um, by which, by which time it was an obsolete game three years later. But um, it's a little shocking to realize I've been farting around with that franchise for well over 20 years. It's it's it was here before the millennium oh, yeah. and uh yeah that's just number two that's not even the uh birthday of number one which i think is at least a year older but i i only know what they tells me on the interwebs so, so those are a couple of the main things um important thing is i oh, a week uh a little over a week ago week ago week and a half ago i posted uh our current contest the coloring contest for the well-known post-apocalyptic cartoon post-apocalyptic cartoon character. Um, I'm disappointed in her fans. I guess people didn't like this contest because I guess people didn't want to win a copy of the survivalist number one in that stack over there. Plus I got a bunch of other stuff there too, which for future contests. Um, I had one entry. So if you're working on it, guys, get it to me by Friday because if um, the one person who did the entry, if I only have one entry, uh, that's uh, not fair. Uh, I can't do just one person. Uh, I, I need at least two people or more. Uh, we we got to come up with a consolation prize, though. If there's one person stepped up and nobody else stepped up, we got to come up with a consolation prize. It may not be, you know, uh, John Rourke, you know, but we can come up with something. Yeah, I'd love to come up with something. But, uh, but folks, if you're listening to this and you're working on it, get to it. Um, you know, Everybody had, you know, the information was there. I when I posted on the YouTube channel because people are always bitching at me. You need to put links in the YouTube description because I'm not a YouTuber. I'm not a YouTube celebrity. You know, I'm not like the YouTuber person. We just use this to record the, you know, the shows, and it just happens to post on the channel. Our main thing is we rip it for audio and post it on the blog. So, uh, but this time I put I put the details in the description when your deadline is and a link to the blog because that's where you get the the you get the image on the blog. You know, podcast at groundzero.com. Go there, download, get your get your crayons out, um, color it in or color pencils, whatever you want, paint it. I don't care. Get it to us. Um, you know, if I start to see some more interest, if I, if I get some stuff in the next couple of days, you know, maybe I'll extend it by a couple of days just to try to get more people in. But because I'm going to make some kind of announcement to kind of remind people that, hey, you know, deadline's coming up. So, um, I'm disappointed because last contest we had oh God, uh, at least five or six entries. You know, yeah, yeah, we really did five or six entries. They're all of them beautiful. Yeah, so so that's coming up, folks. And then um, the last thing I'm going to talk about that we're going to get to the, the movie is uh, next show. Uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna do it next week sometime because I know uh, Scott's going away at the end of the week uh, for the uh, HP Lockhart Film Festival in uh, Portland, Oregon. Uh, but he'll be back next week. Our next show, we're going to do something I talked about a long time ago, was doing shows called uh, Off Topic, where we're just going to kind of sit here, and, like kind of how we're doing now. But the whole show is going to be that. Because um, I have all kinds of things I want to talk about, things I've been, uh, books I've been finding, and things I'm looking into, and other stuff that's happening. And we're just going to talk about different post-apocalyptic stuff. Just kind of like a round robin, and just talk about things and share information. So rather, just- rather, than, rather than do a deep dive into one topic like we're doing today with uh, the movie cargo cargo so that's gonna be our next show uh but that's all we got for now but as a reminder if you're working on your contest entry get it 
get it to us. So, uh, but now let's talk about Cargo. Uh, Cargo was like, like I said, it was a 2017 film, Australian film, which was originally, I think, Scott, from 2013. Yeah, the short film. The short film was from 2013. Okay, so it's a it's a zombie movie set in Australia, uh, based off a short film with a pretty decent concept. Uh, what was it? You see, I haven't seen the sh the short film. Um, so this the, the so what was the, the premise short, of, of the short the, film? The short film, in some ways, in some ways. Is the entire movie cargo, which we you know now have in an hour and a half, ninety minute, uh, whatever format, um, done in seven minutes, um, with you know no uh, uh, no distractions, no uh, no navel gazing. Um, it's a story of a uh, you know a guy who has to who's been bit by a zombie and has to find a way to save his infant daughter, not only from the zombies, but from himself before he turns. And his countdown clock is super fast. I mean, the film's seven minutes long, but it, it describes you're going to turn in hours, just a few, you know, before sunset, you know, before the day is out, you'll have turned. So um, that seven-minute film was super effective, really super effective. and. On the strength of that, obviously, they got themselves this full feature, which in some ways suffers from taking a great concept and just ooh, dragging it out a little too much. I, I will say that because I think it was like, I want to say it was a buck 45. Um, mm. It was definitely too long. Okay. Could have been shorter. Um, and you can see it suffers from that. Uh, but and they really could have chopped it. They could have made, you know, but again, they're trying to make a feature like film, but they could have done, they could have done an hour 20, hour 15, <laughs> you know. Uh, there's, gotta be, there's gotta be reasons why films never bottom out under 90 minutes these days or 80, uh, 89 minutes. Um, there's gotta be a reason for distributors or whatever that, that, that just says if you get a, if you turn in a 70 minute film or an 80 minute film, you're not going to get distribution. I mean, when I, I just watched uh, a couple of Boris Karloff films today, because, hey, it's October, got to get started on that, that were an hour and seven minutes long, an hour and 18 minutes long. But you could, which, I guess you could do that in 1932. Not today. I don't, know, that, but, I don't know. Oh, I agree. But the thing is, but then the movie suffers. Like uh, Scott and I, before the show, were talking about there's a, there's a cosmic horror film called The Endless on uh, Netflix, it was like an hour and 50 minutes. They could have told the whole story in an hour, and I think it would have been – it was a good film. It had some good stuff about it that I really liked, but there was too much just filler to fill in two hours. It could have been an hour, and it would have been – it would have been really good if it was just down to an hour. Yeah. And, and I think the same thing with Cargo. If they could have shaved 25, 30 minutes off it, it would have been much better. Much, yeah. much better. Yeah, and it's it's difficult to difficult to get filmmaker. I, I mean, I presume this is a problem at the production company distribution end, where it's there's certain expectations that they will not let go of. I mean, who's going to go to the movies for an hour? That's crazy. But people will sit in the theater for how long for one of the Hobbit movies? Like, you know, two hours and forty minutes. Two, two and a half hours. Hour. Yeah, or or the watch uh, the the new movie, The Predator. For two hours, mm. 
So apparently that 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 could have been a lot shorter. Like it could have not been made. Um, I think he got it in one, Scott. Okay, that's that's a shame because Shane Black usually is okay. After all, he is a Predator alumni. He he died in the first film, so he should have been he should have done better. There, not to go off that, but what they could have done with it because they were trying to expand. They were trying to they're trying to reinvent the universe, the the Predator universe. Which you know they're trying to cater to a newer audience, you know, because um, just for example, I went with um, we a bunch of us went to the theater. Like my wife, my <coughs> her uncle, um, her cousin, who's a young cousin. He's twelve. He's twelve, twelve and a half. So he was there with one of his cousins on the other side of the family, who was probably fifteen mm-hmm. or so, and. Um, the younger one thought it was kind of – he was kind of in the middle. I hated it. The young kid, 15, thought, thought it was great. That was – I'd give it a 7 out of 10. And all the – and I don't care if I spoil it. Oh, the suit in the end was awesome. It was this awful CG. They're try, they were trying to make it a Marvel film. They were trying to turn Predator into a Marvel film. Ouch. That's why it fucking sucked. Because they're they're trying to put too much comedy, like they were trying to put comedy in it, in it. You know, whereas you know the original had some moments, but they were trying to be funny. They were trying to make jokes, awful CGI. You know, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden, oh, we're aligned against the predators because of you know the rogue factions, and they sent us this predator killer suit. You know that like goes on my arm and makes me like it's it's like a like a Giver suit that could feed all. It, it was oh my god, crap. They went Giver. Oh wow! Well, that is, that, basically, you know, I know what you mean, though. I remember those bad movies from the eighties. They were they were bad. Oh, the Giver was better than that, you know. But it was like this thing, like this bracelet went on the guy, and then like it turned into this giant predator suit with lasers everywhere. And like that's my suit. It's like they're trying to make a Marvel movie out of it. It was so awful. Wow. wow. You know, All right. cargo, cargo, cargo. cargo. All right, cargo. so cargo. cargo. You start talking about All right, so cargo. Um. So it's a zombie movie. There's a disease, but in the movie they've expanded upon the universe where, uh, you know, basically you got 48 hours from yes. the time you're infected. Yeah. Um, the, which leads me to: Do you want to talk about the thing in the movie that I like the best, the kit, or do you want to get other things done first? Um, no, the kit shows up in the beginning. So right at the um, beginning, it's 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 uh, it's uh, the movie starts off with this family: husband, wife, baby. They're in a riverboat, trying to find some place to go. Martin Freeman, who was uh, uh, Doctor Watson on the new Sherlock, and was Bilbo Baggins in in uh, uh, the Hobbit, is the is the father. Yeah, he did a good job. Good mm-hmm. actor. Um, uh, they're so they're in the boat. They're traveling. You know, they got to get food and stuff. Uh, and one of the things that they have in the uh, boat is apparently apparently this apocalypse was. They knew it was coming because the government has issued these kits. So oh, uh, yeah, talk about the kits. And they're paradropping them. You first see the kits because they're floating in the water. They're in these bright orange containers so you can see them easy. They're apparently will, will float in water so they won't sink to the bottom. There's like a parachute out in the river trapped in some trees and all these kits are floating. And they scoop them out and they open it up and the kit describes it has a pamphlet on one of the symptoms it shows the last areas known to be where there is infection. Uh, everybody, it gets every kit comes with a watch that you can 
It's a, it's a timer watch. So you can yeah. put your 48 hours in and yeah. all you have to do is, is whoop cat attack. Um, you, all you have to do is start the watch and it starts your 48 hour countdown, you know, so you can ex- see, look, immediately see what the deal is. Um, the watch was like a digital watch. It's waterproof with this elastic rubberized band, which I thought was nice. So one size would sort of fit all, um, you know, I had, a, had, had, um, Oh, it had the device, zip. the device. Well, it had zip ties for tying up your family members when they start to turn. And it had a, a mouth guard. Oh yeah, that's a, right. A mouthpiece to keep a from- plastic mouth piece to keep your family from biting you. If they're loved ones, they're turning. And then they had the, the thing was like, when all else fails, they had a pneumatic hammer, a hand size pneumatic hammer with a spike. And yeah, it was, it, was a, it was like a shot the spike out right to the head. Yeah, and if you, you knew you were going down, you could put it up to your eye or to your temple. And they showed in the kit, there's like a pen, you know, a, you know, this illustration is on place thing to eye, hit backside. You know, it showed how to use the kit. And I thought, you know what? The stuff that was in the kit was actually pretty useful. It was a good kit. I, I like that. But apparently that shows that either the breakout was – well, it's Australia. It's less populated. So the breakout was either slow to happen. I don't know. But they had time to make these because they were manufactured. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Or they knew it was coming. If it's like uh, – what was it? Um, on the beach where the problem's on the mainland. But eventually, people fleeing the mainland with their 48 hours worth of, worth of zombie turning got in their boats. The boats got to Indonesia. Indonesia, one island at a time, goes out. And then that place hemorrhages people in northern Australia, like Darwin, places up there. And then it got so Australia had time to try and prepare some things, but uh, apparently did not do any good. Nope. But this, so the kits were cool. Kits were very cool. So, so as it's obvious, Things happen, apparently, you know, because it is based off the same, uh, the short film, and we already told you about that, that he needs to find a safe place for his baby because uh, we'll spare you the details of how and what, but things go amiss, and he needs to find somebody to take care of his baby because the parents aren't going to be around anymore. So, well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And it's definitely a zombie virus because... You don't go zombie until you die. Yeah. And you can go zombie quicker if you've got the virus and you die or shot or injured and fall over and you get up again. You will get up again. Uh, but it, it requires that you absolutely flatline dead before you come back. So it's not just people with the plague. So it's, it's, it meets the Jared Wallace qualifications for an actual zombie film. It is not 28 days later. Yeah. Um, and so there were some different, you know, they did some different approaches and different aspects of it, you know, uh, like things with, you know, signs of, you know, the bodies and what happens to you and stuff like that. So they did some different approaches. Uh, I, I did like the name they call, they use, they call their zombies diggers. Yep. Based on a, based on a behavior, the based, based on behavior. Here's a, here's a thing, um, that I think. I don't know. I'm wondering if a lot of the zombie, and me and Scott talked about this before, was, okay, here's the thing with the movie. There was a heavy aboriginal uh, undertone to the whole movie uh, with characters and, you know, tribes and traditions, stuff like that. And again, not that there's anything wrong with that because it's Australia. 
So or anything, but I'm just saying there was definitely that heavy undertone uh, going through it. So I'm wondering if because some of the behaviors of the zombies again we'll, we won't get into that, but we're definitely seeing like I wonder if that came from some kind of Aboriginal uh, you know mythology or something like that because of the w what they acted and what they did sometimes. I mean they're still kind of traditional zombies, but they did some other different things. They weren't your typical. They were you know. Slow, relatively slow moving, went for meat, went for the living, blah, 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 you know, but they did some other behaviors that I was wondering if it's like, huh, I wonder if um, some of that maybe came from some Aboriginal tradition. I don't know. I don't know enough about it to even yeah. comment on it, but I'm just yeah. curious. All, the only knowledge I have about Aboriginal mythology and culture, sadly, comes from reading the um, Terror Astralis uh, game supplement for Call of Cthulhu. You know, or the, the or the shadow on a time with uh, oh, you know. yeah yeah uh, written back in the 1980s yeah so I know Zippo I know there's something they call dream the dream time which is like a time before the world was created and I know they've got a mess of horrible uh, mythological creatures that pester them uh, in their world but I don't know much beyond that I uh, uh, there's something called a bunyip but that's more of a big monster than it is a, a a, like a person, but anyways, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know enough about that to even. It, but it, it may it, it may not be. But it seems like. But it would kind of make sense with the with the heavy Aboriginal undertone of the of the story. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Um, because they're out in the outback, they do run into the Aborigines. Oh yeah, they yeah they are in the outback. They are. It's not like they're like near Sydney, Cindy, uh, Cindy, Sydney, or any of the other major uh, coastal cities. They are. They are in. They are in the outback. And the idea being, of course, stay away from population centers. You know, get as far away from people as possible. <clears throat> Which, you know, makes sense in your zombie apocalypse. And there's few places you can go to that are thinner with population than the Australian outback. You have to either go to the Sahara Desert or yeah. the Gobi the Gobi Desert, you know, or maybe Antarctica to get, you know, to get a thinner population. Um, the, uh, the, there was this uh, one uh, sort of uh, layer of ruthlessness uh, where he finds a woman who was a, a teacher ran a local school for the Aborigines kids in the area. Yeah, because yeah, he, he was looking for a hospital and he found a hospital marked on the map in the on the map that this town has a hospital. But well, that was something I really liked. He had a map, right, and it says town and hospital, and he gets there and it's like the nurse's office. In the school, that's the hospital. It's just the nurse's office in the school. Well, that's what's left. She said there yeah. was, but she's like, "Yeah, it never really was. We lost our funding, and you know, it's you know." Yeah, exactly. And it's just a cluster of six buildings, seven buildings. You know, it that's his town that they're busting their ass to get to. Right? We'll be safe if we get to a town, and it's eight kinds of nothing. It was that was a nice touch. I was very happy with that moment. There was no payoff. It's like. What do you expect, man? You're using a Michelin map, you know, yeah, um, to get around. But uh, that was that was a nice moment of of ouch when things didn't work out. There's a lot of things not working out. Um, there's uh, uh, there's a uh, I, I there's not too much stupidity uh, in the film. Um, you know, things yeah. go square. There, 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 things go square uh, or go pear-shaped when uh, uh, following 
uh, I don't want to get too much into it, you know, how people get bit, but they're not super retarded about it. I mean, that's the thing that's always a problem in, in, in horror movies is that people only get bitten or hurt when they do something stupid. And I'm always a happy with a film where they do everything right. It doesn't help. You know, yeah. uh, you just don't get that very often uh, in, in any kind of film, uh, whether it's a, a apocalypse or otherwise. Yeah, the thing part of the part of the thing that wasn't um, again uh, when I say there was a the Aboriginal undertone because a lot of it dealt with um, tribal stuff like you know like the different tribes and they're trying to cleanse the land kind of thing like it was it was more mystical in some sense. Well, yeah, in some sense there were that that the Aboriginals' approach to the uh, zombies was to treat them like sort of mythological creatures, you know. Um, and there was a ruthlessness to it because, you know, when he gets to be, see that girl, the woman at the, at the school, she's like, you know, she figures out what's wrong with him right away. And I think she asked, what's your clock? You know? Yeah. She knows right away. And he's just, yeah, cover that up. Don't let them see that. They'll kill you immediately. They won't discuss it, which is how the Aborigines are making it. They're being super, super ruthless. Yeah. It's like. Um, we're we're clearing the land to stragglers, was yeah. their approach, and they were just kind of going through the, the landscape, you know, setting up little, little camps, drawing attention. Like you heard, like if you remember from, it's the only place I remember from Crocodile Dundee when he's out in that, and he's like, "What are you gonna do? Gonna make a phone call, you know?" And they have like um, this this the, like the leather string with the with the wood piece that you spin, and it makes the yeah. whirling sound. Um, they're using that making noise to attract attention, to attract them to them because they have like smoke up to kind of obscure things. But I don't know if it was ritualistic at all, but they're like kind of drawing them in and kind of clearing them out, you know? I thought they were also using this. They were also burning down kill zones. Yeah. You know? They were clearing out the brush and in, in, in certain areas they could create a kill zone to draw the zombies into it and have clear fields of fire for the the lances and the uh, spears and the clubs that they deployed to bash their heads in and then burn the bodies. You know, there's also thing where they're burning the bodies afterwards. Um, uh, there's some other MacGuffins, other tricks that they, that the Aborigines have, which I will leave out. Some of them kind of bugged me in that they were a little bit too. Technology. Uh, Look, technology fails, but ancient tradition works kind of yeah, stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I, it's a bit of a trope. It's, yeah. it's, a bit of, it's a bit of a simple trope. It's like the, it's like the stone age blue people in, um, uh, that James Cameron film, which I've, you know, Avatar. Uh, yeah. Beating up on mechs and, you know, war, you know, uh, uh, hover planes and shit, you know, with their, uh, with their stone age weapons. Um, that's, that's a lovely idea, but it often, our our history has not demonstrated that to be true most of the time. Well, well, well. well um, Avatar was basically just you know Fern Gully, but like with a bigger budget. But yeah. uh... the dances with Smurfs was my favorite uh, description of it. Um, but yeah, it's right on Fern Gully. So yeah, I um, there's a little of that. They they, you know, of course the military base they're going to is KO'd. Uh, you know, and I'm like, well, what happened to all those guys with? Rifles. Well, we don't know. We never get an answer why that failed. Um, one of the problems with a place failing, of course, is that humans need food, water, 
logistical supplies that zombies don't need. So, which, which is always how they get you in the end because yeah. you run out of stuff. Yeah. And so the idea that a, a military base supporting a large number of guys, you know, they ran into some soldiers, dead soldiers out in the field away from the military base. And it sort of had this feeling to me like maybe they were deserting the base. Maybe the base ran out of food, water, you know, something like that. And uh, they tried to break out and leave or something, you know. But, um, uh, you know, most government efforts have, uh, have appeared to have failed. Yeah, um, that'll fail. And then um, <clears throat> at that point, yeah, because I said he had run into, you know, uh, you know, some of the natives and, you know, because, again, it definitely had, like you said, it had the overtone of, you know, um, man's modern world will fail. But, you know, the, you know, the ancient ways will always succeed kind of tone to it. Yeah. Um, and along the way, you know, while he's still going through, he ran to, you know, he uh, thought he was making some ally, uh, an ally along the way who wound up being just a real... Uh, POS, you know? Yeah, yeah. There is always the, the there is the required asshole, the trope you know? of the of the of the of the a hole who's picking on the natives, you know. Well, that's one of the things that you know I liked about the old uh, Dawn of the Dead remake, is that the character who's the security guard who starts off as your typical a hole, you know, eventually, you know, is tired you know d does not commit to being an a-hole in every situation and comes through you yeah, know he, he redeems himself in the end yeah he he you know he's more than happy to roll up his sleeves and get out the oxyacetylene torch and help make the the battle buses for their big escape which is you know because everybody's ass is on the line but this character they our hero runs into a guy named vic who's an oil field worker or a um uh what do you call it uh, a fracking field gas field yeah worker. it was fracking yeah it was yeah um, who I noticed had a, a survival complex down in a quarry, which immediately made me think of survivors. Yes. You know, it made me think of that. Um, so um, who he'd stocked away all his supplies down there. Well, I think he, he kind of like built it around uh, existing, you know, part of the fracking plate, you know, because there was like storage tanks and stuff like that where like that he couldn't have just put up there himself. It was no, already no, no. He, he was using the company's gear. Much like the guy in Survivors was using the company's uh, tractor and you know things like that to create a little fortification, um, and in other weird ways, he he seems very barred from the Survivors because gold. He's got that thing about gold where he's the guy going, "Oh, we're killing zombies," and then we're taking their wallets and taking their money out. I'm like, you know, because uh, things are going to turn around, and then people are going to need these things. Yeah, you, trope. Um, you know. Yeah. There's always that guy, again, right out of Survivors, the guy who's going around collecting supplies, trading for gold, you know, and, and, and it's like, no, oh, someday the economy's coming back and I'll have all the gold. Yes, you will. That is very true, sir. You will have all the gold. Good luck with that. Yeah. But um, uh, the, uh, the girl who played the young Aboriginal girl, um, I was pretty, I thought her performance was pretty good. I thought she was all right. She she seemed really credible, and what I loved is that um, she was um, some of her. Uh, uh, she was still, even though she was, you know, had relatively had her act together. When she starts off, she's well. She wasn't on board with it with this guy's whole thing, you know. No, no, and she's also uh, being somebody who's 
who's still attached to the idea that we can get our loved ones back. Yes. Again, that, that, you know, and there's always, you know, and I get that, but it, it, and I can't remember, was she thinking we, that, you, that, oh, I was at part of her thing was getting our loved ones back was definitely hooked into Aboriginal mythology. Her thought that she could get him back had to do with his soul. Well, yeah, she, she wanted to get him back. to the, uh, what did she call him? The, not the magic man, but it was like the the smart man or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. there was a term for the guy. It was like the, 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 uh, let me see. The old, the old shaman kind of guy, basically. Yeah. Um, I do not remember, and I was just looking him up online, and I'm not seeing actually his name in the I'm seeing, his, I'm seeing his character's name, which I believe is uh, Daku. But um, that was his character's name. Uh, the actor's name was, uh, let's see here, David. Oh my God, it's David uh, Gulpili. Um, I just suddenly remembered. Uh, he was in Rabbit Proof Fence a million years ago. Um, is uh, and um, Crocodile Dundee too, for that matter. Um, well, yeah, because I mean, how many? Uh, I'm sure there's not a large pool of Aboriginal actors. So, and I got to tell you, this guy looks familiar enough that I am. Oh yeah, I've totally, him. I've totally seen him before. Um, yeah. Well, I think, well, I think, the. the well, the I, think might like, the, I think he might have been in the last. Yeah, he was. He was in the last wave. With uh, speaking of apocalypses, he was in the last wave, uh, which is a quite a good um, uh, Australian coming apocalypse movie. Uh, but go ahead. Well, no, saying is they definitely don't have a large pool of uh, Aboriginal actors because Willie, the girl's father, mm -hmm. is an American. Is a thirty-year-old American football player. Oh, you know, uh, oh, cool. uh, you know. Um, African American football player. He was not, uh, you know, a, uh, a native Aboriginal. Oh, he played, but he played one. They they doctored him up, and I thought he was. You know, uh, they did. You know, at least with makeup, they did a good job. I was yeah. like, I thought I thought he was native. You know, um, but uh, but I give anyway. He looked for me like you said. The old man looked for me. They called him like she called him like the smart man or something like that. Um, it was it was like the nose a lot or you know the the. Uh, you're the make smart man and the nose nose things man. Something, it, was, it was something really weird like that. And strangely enough, I ran across that again recently in something else. Uh, that exact same name. I can't remember what the heck I was watching, but um, uh, yeah, um, she thought she'd get into him and he could use you know he could use some tribal shamanism on him. But even he is like, mm -mm. No, he, he's like, no, you whack him in the head. You know, you you you, you pin him to the ground with a spear and you whack him in the head. That's it. That's what you do. Um, but they but they didn't. But with him, they didn't do uh, the traditional burning. They did more of a ceremonial. Um, they buried him though. No, they didn't bury him. They put him in the in the tree. In the tree. Yeah, they which apparently is they. The, I thought the implication was is that putting the body off the ground was an Aboriginal custom. I think it. I think it was like to yeah. keep the. The other bad spirits from getting to him, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. Uh, so um, uh, she was still using some of her. So in that sense, I didn't. You know, I was like that. The, the, there's things that the natives are doing right, and things that they're sort of doing wrong. But the adults are being really practical uh, and ruthless, and utterly ruthless. Um, and definitely, there's this thing where they're restructuring for a time without logistics. You know. 
going back to an absolute hand-to-mouth existence until they can get rid of all the zombies. Well, and, the, well, the thing is, they, you know, because of the Australian government, they're really kind of like that now. So yeah. they're not that far off. Um, yeah, yeah. The nice thing about being dirt shit poor and herded off into the worst part of Australia that nobody lives in is that you're actually pretty well set for the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Because you know? all, all, all it made me think of is like, well, you know, they're not the because if you think back to the '80s with um, uh, the band Midnight Oil. Remember Midnight Oil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was making because he was he was very much an advocate of um, the Aboriginals. You know, because of how poorly the government treats him and stuff like that. And a lot of his songs were about that. He even went into politics and became a part of the, because um, uh, he was like a, a, an English, uh, he was he was part of the parliament. Okay. Um, and he always fought for Aboriginal rights and trying to get them stuff like that. So, because they, they treat them, it's like, I don't know who treats, I don't know who treats the, the, the natives worse, you know. Uh, uh, the U.S. or the Australians, you know. We do. Um, we our, our pioneer uh, forefathers did seem to see eye to eye on that issue. Uh, you know, that they're just gonna they're just gonna have to move or die. And um, and then there's of course they had the same native schools like we had native schools in Canada and in the United States did the same thing for the Aborigines uh, to try. Well, let's, well, let's move away from politics uh, okay. before we go there. Uh, but then. <clears throat> People will start yeah. hating us, but um, but well, they already they already do they already hate us. But they, they, they do. Um, but yeah, so uh, you have a lot of that theme, and he's still you know, and and the girls helping him out through the film to accomplish his task of trying to find some place uh, to take care of his baby. Like he finds some other people, but that turns south. He encounters that that guy, and he thought that might work. That doesn't work out. Yeah, you maybe, know. maybe you can leave them with the guy with the armored compound, you know? Yeah. Maybe that'll work. Oh, maybe I can go back and find that family we saw by the river. Maybe yeah. that'll work out. You know, I, I got the impression he didn't leave the baby with the old woman because she, she I saw that, that scar in her head. Did that look like maybe brain cancer surgery? I think she. Had, I think they were trying to indicate she had cancer because she wore the scarf, was wearing a wig, so. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I, I got the impression she had cancer and she wasn't going to make it more than a few months because she was bald and she had a surgical scar in her head. So, yeah, she she's not going to make it. She's not going to work. Um, ultimately, in a lot of ways. The, the, the means that were used to get out of this problem, ultimately, uh, were the same in both movies. The solution to keep going against all odds and keep the baby safe was actually the same in, in, in both films, strangely okay. enough. Strangely enough. Um, with one added element that was different in the seven-minute movie. But, you know, go see the seven-minute movie. You will not be disappointed by that. It's boom. Great idea. Great story. Executed. This one, um, it is not as tight as The Dead, which was the one set in Africa, right? Yeah. Yep, uh, The Dead. And then, you know, I kept on, I kept on thinking, oh, there was a zombie film in the early 2000s that was an Australian one. Was it called Undead? That, yes. Um, yes. That basically it was um, UFOs were making the zombies. Yeah, I, I think Undead was heavily influenced by Sam Raimi, so it came off very evil. I remember it coming off very Evil Dead to me, or maybe Peter Jackson. Um, oh yeah, 
uh what was the films he freaking did um oh 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 the the um bad taste no not bad taste not with not with the was a bad taste what well, bad taste was the one where the 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 guy the commandos uh, come into town to investigate the alien and, and the or the, or the guy and the guy with the with the lawnmower um oh that was uh that wasn't uh that was uh oh my goodness i've forgotten i can't remember i can't was it, was it, it wasn't dead again it was it uh, was, it dead yes. was it dead alive no it wasn't dead alive yes yes was it yes. it was dead alive it was dead alive yeah um, so I thought it was very. It was. It felt like it was. It was influenced by early Peter Jackson, early Sam Raimi. That's my recollection of. of but it, but it, but it kind of reminded me of that because there was a behavior in Undead that happened with the zombies in this movie. So it made me kind of think of that. And again, I'm not going to tell you guys what it is. You have to watch the movie. Um, you know what I'm talking so, about. Yeah, yeah. I liked it a little better than Jared did. I I I said it was about. Five or ten percent dubious, twenty uh, percent meh, and I get about seventy percent good solid zombies action. Um, Jared's numbers are lower. Yeah, I don't even remember what I told you. I think I think the solid was. I was more of a fifty-fifty-five. Um, you know, uh, like I said, it was good. Uh, it just again too long, too much filler. You know, there was definitely some dubious stuff like, oh, okay, the, like a lot of the tropes and, like I said, the whole overview of like, you know, you know, you know, uh, man's technology will fail and, you know, uh, the old ways will win over was a little heavy. It was a little heavy handed, you know, yeah. in the movie. Yeah. I guess I was one of the things that I was just the most original, the most original thing were some of the zombie behaviors, hence their name Digger, um, and the zombie preparedness kit. Which again, I I had not seen in a movie that I can think of, uh, and it had not seen something that was as effective as a zombie preparedness kit. I, I can imagine, you know, seeing something that was terrible or didn't work or had the wrong information, but that kit was awesome. That that is the kit that I would want to have airdropped, you know, over the country so that everyone can get their hands on it. Yeah, and you know, to try to re reduce uh, the spread because it's like, well, here, take care of your bit people, and then you know, that's they won't get up and bite somebody else, and you know, chain reaction. They're trying what yeah. they're trying to stop, you know. Yeah, and um, uh, so that was that was pretty. That in and of itself was almost worth the price of admission. Um, but yes, they have. It, it does suffer from the problem of taking a an idea that was super tight and dragging it out a little too long. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't hate it. Um, would I pay for to see it? No, but I think it's free on uh, on Prime. Was I? That's where I watched it. Yeah, I, I, watched I, it I think I saw it on Netflix myself. Was it on Netflix? I don't know. It's on one of the two. I forget. They're so interchangeable. Um, but it's free. Uh, free ain't it? Free, free's yeah. good. Uh, for film, <laughs> you're paying for Netflix. You might as well watch it. Exactly. Well, it's not totally free, but um, it's um. It's worth it's worth watching because it's different. Uh, you know, there's enough different about it. Um, you know, we've all had a, we both have a hard on for foreign apocalypses. What do foreigners think their apocalypse is going to look like? How is the apocalypse going to be changed by the conditions in that country? I mean, there's a French film called Ravenous that's also available on Netflix that uh, I want to check out one of these days too. Um, I don't know if it's any good, but it's a French zombie movie, and I want to see if it's any different than. You know what things they do differently. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I got that bookmarked uh, on my list. So I, I, I just said, oh, Ravenous. That sounds like it's something. So yeah. Um, oh, speaking of French films, we should we should do uh, Time of the Wolf one day. Um, yeah. As far as straight apocalypses, no zombies. Trust me, though, everything's fucked. Everything's yeah. horrible. There is oh. no yeah. There's some. Maybe we'll do that one of these days because that one, that movie's kind of like it is grim. It's like. Oof. <laughs> it, it does suffer from Euro slowness, but it is unrelentingly grim. There is no, uh, there's no rescue from that one. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I, we just having getting to see uh, a, a foreign version of our tropes that we've gotten used to is always cool. That's yeah, always cool. yeah to see how how they approach it. Do, do they do it differently? Do they do it better? Do they do it worse? Uh, but again, it's 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 worth checking out, folks. You know, like I said, just be warned. It's a little long. Uh, I thought it was a little long. Um, you know, and I'm normally fine to sit through stuff, uh, but I'm just like, Ugh. it's just like it's like okay, you know. But you know, like I said, it's not as bad as I've seen. It's not as painful as some other ones I've seen. Uh, but I'd say it's definitely worth your time to to, to see it. Yeah. Um. Uh, there was some, uh, one of my favorite sequences in the film, honestly, was that bit where he goes back to the first family. Um, and they've run into a similar situation. Their family has a similar situation. But the way they've chosen to deal with it was anger making in me. Do you know what I mean? Well, um, it's, well, the way that guy dealt with it was kind of like how, um, the ending of the mist, the guy, how he dealt with his situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's how he's going to fix it. And I'm like, uh, way to give up, dude. You're, you know, no, don't, you know, uh, I realize there's a problem here, but you can fix it. And he's like, no, I'm everyone's, it was that, uh, it reminded, what it reminded me of those, those stories you hear about guys who destroy their family when things are going badly for them and they've tried to maintain everything's okay for so long. And then suddenly the fact that he's out of work and broke and, you know, and their credit cards are maxed out, that his only way out is to murder his whole family. That shit happens. And that's what I, that, that was my reaction when I saw what was going on at that camp. I was like, oh man, you selfish jerk. You know, you're the one with the problem, you know, let your family get away. But no, nope, no, nope, it'll be better if they're with me. Uh, no. no. Try, try, try to get them safe. Yeah, he's the at least, at least try. Yeah, he's the antithesis of Martin Freeman, who's doing everything on his kamikaze run to save a, an infant. And boy, this one in this movie really did pretty well. They made a big point of how fucked up it is having the infant. Oh yeah, no, I, I, yeah. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. Right. Who has no clue what's going on, is never going to understand, isn't going to obey orders, is going to make noises whenever it's time to make noises. That was terrifying. Walking around with this, this, this meaty um, kitchen timer that's going to, that you can't see the numbers. It could go off at any moment. I know. It, just, it really showed how difficult because he's like, it's like, well, I got to save my baby because I want my baby to grow up. But it's like, well, you're saving him for this world that's may not even be here, you yeah. know. Um, but you can't just let it die because it's your, you know, it's it's a that's a tough 
tough scenario yep. that this guy's in because he knows he's not going to be there and he's trying to get somebody to to take care of his child and who's going to do that in that world it's 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 just it's just not good there's no good choices anywhere it's like yeah <laughs> but um yeah that, that yeah right we completely forgot about that and that was one of the most nerve-wracking things in it was you're on your way to save her, but she is something that gives away your position, you know, all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, that was really rough. Um, I don't want to repeat myself too much about this movie. Have we, have we given our presentation? Are we done here for our first uh, I think I think we've covered it all. So uh, hopefully people will see that. And then, so that's it. Again, it's available on either Netflix or Amazon Prime. I, I can't remember which one. Um, oh, I also uh, watched... Um, I think we're alone now. Oh, okay. Um, I can't wait to watch that. Is it? Should we review it next time? Um, no, I want to do. The, uh, I want to do the other show next time. The I want to do the the the, the off topic show, and then we could do that afterwards. Um, I don't want to do too many movies in a row, you know, because you know there's plenty of other things to talk about. Like I, I've been really thinking about it. Also, what I want to do for a show is, um, I don't know if I want to. I want to go back to do a Gamma World show because we haven't talked about it in a long time. I don't know if I want to like maybe focus on one rule set or maybe talk about one adventure, like break out one of the adventures, go through it, and just talk about the adventure. You know, yeah, um, I'm, I'm I'm happy to dig deep into Famine and Fargo or any of those. Um, I was thinking the Legion of Gold or maybe even you know I really enjoy Albuquerque Spaceport. You know, yeah. it's a short scenario that I actually played before. You know. Uh, you know, I actually got the plate with somebody DMing it. You know, I, I liked it, so I want to do something like that. Another movie. We're gonna do the open, uh, you know, the open topics. Um, but I think we're alone now was interesting. Um, right. If you're looking for a movie with a lot of talking, this is not the movie for you. There's a lot of not talking in that movie. Well, when you're alone, who are you, who are you gonna talk to? Yeah, but it's it's pretty good. It's pretty interesting, and I went a place that I didn't expect. Like, oh. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, you know, it's it's a, it's a pretty good movie. It's um it's a pretty good movie and I also cuz I I had to rent that cuz it's not in the theaters and then also I like I mentioned earlier um apparently it's uh, Mandy. It's not post apocalyptic but Mandy the Nicolas Cage film is apparently is really good. Um and apparently I just like the concept I got to see it in there was the uh the the, the cheese goblin no, I am not aware of the cheese goblin. Are you not aware of the cheese goblin? Apparently, that's taking over the internet. The cheese goblin. It's this '80s. <laughs> there's a box of mac and cheese. It's like goblin mac and cheese, and apparently, there's like a There's just like a commercial on in the background in the movie. It's like very eight because the movie takes place in these very '80s, and there's like this awful looking '80s goblin puppet, and he shares his love of cheddar with the children and like pukes mac and cheese on them. You know, <laughs> it's. <laughs> don't make me laugh like that i have pneumonia all right um, i have captain trips right now so oh okay i cannot wait for the cheese goblin and apparently like in some of the preview premieres like they have like bo like fake boxes of mac and cheese for like mac you know goblin goblin mac and cheese is this, a, is this a call back to uh to what's his name's band uh that did the music for uh dawn of the dead Goblin? No, 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 no. It's not a uh, callback to it's not a callback to what's his name, the Italian director? No. Mm -hmm. 
but it's like seventy eight. So anyway, but Mandy's it's off topic. So anyway, so uh, I think we're low now. I want to do a Gamma World uh, discussion. Uh, I want to do an off topic because I have a lot of stuff like books I've been digging into and all this other stuff. So we're gonna do next. We're gonna we don't have a lot of prep to do. So we're gonna do it. We're gonna try to do it next week. Is uh, off topic. So um, I, I've got plenty of new stuff. I've got I've uh, got Black Moon. I'd like to do a little review of Black Moon, the book. It's the Sleep Apocalypse. Oh yep, yep, okay. And um, I'd like to. I've I've got some more movies for us that have that have turned up. Um, that I'd like to throw into the grinder. See how they come out. Okay, cool. All right, so we'll call it that. Uh, again, folks, we're gonna you know we'll try to do sometime next week. Uh, you know, as long as Scott's recovered and not dead from uh, his trip to uh, Portland uh, with pneumonia. So um, yes, I'm going to the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival in in Portland, where uh, apparently I'm supposed to drink. And talk about Lovecraft, and um, I've been told that. So I, I'm going to be like um, Val Kilmer in Tombstone. I'm either going to be coughing and pale and, sh and 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 shaky with consumption, or I'm going to be drunk. Those are my two states of being. I think that I'm going to be alternating between. So nothing, nothing unusual. So so I'm I'm your Huckleberry. But so that's it, folks. And remember, um, like I said, if you wanted to get into the contest, get into the contest. So, um, so as usual, uh, like I always say, you know, you know, if you want to subscribe to the channel, that's always great. So you always know when there's new videos. Uh, you know, there's a subscribe button down somewhere. Um, subscribe. But I always tell people go to the blog podcast at groundzero.com. Everything we do is posted there. The videos are posted there. The audio um, is there. We rip the audio. Um, you can keep apprised of what's going on by going to the right column. Subscribe by email. And it, anytime I make a blog post, it sends you an email so you know what's going on. And that's it. So uh, thank you for your time, as usual, folks. Again, sorry for uh, the long absence, but, you know, life. What are you going to do? Um, and that's it. So we'll probably see you in about a week. Uh, thank you as always, and uh, we'll see you in the wastelands.